You're listening to Comedy Central. I haven't always lived here. I actually moved to New York from Chicago. Uh, me too. <laughs> and I quickly realized how proud New Yorkers are of their time. What I mean by that is how like long they've lived here. You know what I mean? Like like people be like, I'm a real New Yorker dog. I've been here eight years. And then somebody in the back that nobody was talking to goes, no nah, man, it doesn't start till 10. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Your New York time shouldn't be measured by calendar year, it should be measured by your experiences, you know? Like if we all moved to New York tonight and we got off the plane and we got on the train and then we got off the train as the train doors open, a homeless man coughs in your mouth, you've been here two years. That's two full years right there. I was walking down Times Square, which was my mistake, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was walking down the street, I saw this young woman, clearly not from New York, because she was smiling very wide. She was genuinely happy. <laughs> and you also could tell that she wasn't from here because she was looking up at like the screens and the buildings and everything. And like, and she was just blown away because she had seen this in movies and it's here now in front of her. This is insane, you know? And so then she opened her mouth to say, wow. Everyone who laughed is from New York. <laughs> she opened her mouth to say wow because she was full of joy and hope and life. <laughs> and as soon as she opened her mouth to say wow, a bag flew in her mouth and it's like... Yeah, that's what happens here, all right? Were you happy? New York notice, and it's in a dirty Walgreens bag to fly halfway in your head. Close your mouth and tuck your chin like an adult. I have to take the train everywhere, and it's exhausting. I know that everyone doesn't have this problem, but I'm like, I don't know, I'm just pressed up against people. The entire ride just like mushed in between people. I'm surprised no one is in me. I'm pressed up against so many people so hard. And I'm not a big man, so if I get pressed up against two big men, it's not uncommon for my feet to leave the ground. So now I'm just dangling in between two grown men as the train goes. And then they go to get off, I'm like, sir, please don't do this. I got three more stops, please. Like, it's a terrible feeling. I was on the train with one of those ladies that had those baby backpacks. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, where the baby is the backpack? <laughs> like, she don't wanna look at her kid, like the baby hanging in the other direction, you know? In some sort of, like, suspended timeout. <laughs> baby could be gone for all she knows. It could be a sack of potatoes <laughs> traded for a baby and she'd still just keep walking, you know what I mean? So it was just me and the baby pressed up against each other nose to nose like this, just mushing heads. And this is a baby, that's a soft head. I should not be mushing my grown skull against this baby, you know? But I'm mushing up against the baby and I look at the baby and the baby looks at me and he's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do.
I'm a baby. My feet don't touch the ground either. And then the train sped up, and as it sped up, it like shook a little bit, and the baby, I don't know what age of baby this baby was, but he definitely wasn't like, hold his own head up age. Like he was out here. So then the train sped up and the baby went weightless and for a split second, his little foot went in my mouth, right? And like not, like I didn't close my mouth. I didn't suck on his foot, but still, it was a baby foot in the dirty New York air, you know what I mean? And so I'm choking and as, and as I'm choking, because there's no shoe, but I mean, I'm choking and I look at the baby and the baby looks at me. He's like, I don't know what you mean. All right, that was Josh Johnson. From this week at the Comedy Cellar, kid's got a great afro. Great afro. <laughs> I know, he's growing it up. It's put together, man. Nicole Boyce. Chris Stefano, how's nope. it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. I uh, First of all, it's going to be a great show today. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. We got Kristen Schaal, Matt Koff. And then Wyatt Cenac, right? Yes. That's who we got. Yeah, we got some Daily Show people going on. It's going to be Daily Show people. Love that. I know some people like to write in the iTunes that they like to fast forward through this part and just go listen to the stand-up. Well, <laughs> if you want to go do that, then go do that. Okay. Okay? I mean, yeah. I don't want you to, but it's like, what am I going to do, Nicole? Go to we everybody's house like fucking Santa Claus? We should make custom episodes for every person, is what yes. I think. Well, and just, so just the parts that they want to hear. Well, we could have, but now the listeners are starting to really go up. We're starting to get a lot of listeners now. I don't know if we have the time to go to everybody's house. That's true. A couple of months ago, it was Millions. like 10 people. Now we're in now we're in the thousands or thousands. high hundreds. We're talking of, no thousands, Chris. Of international I can't listeners. Disclose how many. Um we'll bleep it out. I just uh so wait, so yep. you yeah, no, yeah. no no I wanna talk about you. You I wanna talk about We had to you. I got here early and I was like, Nicole, let's start the podcast and you said, No, I can't. You gotta give me thirty minutes. I have I a deadline Chris. for this writing packet. I said, Chris, please give me time, Chris. So what did you so you, you got a writing packet. Is yeah. this your first writing packet? No, this is not my first writing packet. Okay. It's Tell the people about writing packets. Yeah, I don't want to say where it's No, no, to. yeah. I'm not saying what it's, it's for, yeah. Um Trump's speechwriter, just kidding. Yes, um, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I do them fairly. I don't have I don't have any representation. So the way I get packets is that people like friends just send them to me, which is very nice and very kind. Shout out Cute. to all my friends. Shout out. Shout out to all my friends. Uh that I definitely have. Um so I kind of get them like last minute they're, I really enjoy writing them. It's like a really good practice, and I love having like a deadline, you know, because I'm right. obviously right. deadlines are like way, you yes. just get shit done. Yes. Like way faster. Yes. So it's great. And then you, like, I felt really good, like, after writing it too, you know, because you put in all this work. I like get into work early every day, stay late, just cranking this out, and then you're done, and you're like, okay, I like, did something and now they say when they're looking at writing packets every show says this. i don't know if it's true or not that they blank out the name yeah blank out the race yeah. they don't know who they're just reading it yeah do you believe that i think some of them do you think they do i think well the thing with that is that i think that can be helpful and get you new people that you wouldn't have considered but then also sometimes you have to like seek out diversity as well which True. i think is important so like sometimes if you don't do that and like what if you just accidentally choose right like 
all men, then you're like, okay. Then you're like, ah. you have to actually like look at the names. Yeah. And find a Sarah. Yeah, I know. You know, see, I agree with you on that. But then I also, I also think it's like, well, if you blank out, if you blank out all the names, and say you get 15 writing packets, yeah. and you just choose the top five funniest. And if the top five funniest are a certain race, relig- whatever they may be, then it's like, don't you? Wouldn't you want them if they're just the funniest? Like, yeah. what do you think? What do you, where do you stand there? I mean, yeah, you definitely like funniest comes first. Yeah. But sometimes maybe what's funny to you is just what you've known. Right. And maybe right. what you know is just what's what's always out there, which is true. like men or whatever or whatever or, or whatever. whatever. No, but writing, I like, I give you credit. Because I can't do writing packets. I've only, I've actually never submitted one. Really? Because I believe, I can, I I don't want to say I can't, but it's like, I feel like I've wrote for myself. I've written TV shows and things and pilots, but it's only from my point of view of comedy. To say what's funny about, you know, a writing packet for The Daily Show or something like that, I, I, I don't know how I can do that. I mean, maybe it's deep in there, but it feels like I can't. Does it feel like fake to you to like write in someone's voice, kind of? Th- all that stuff feels fake. All like anytime like I'm asked to do any kind of show, yeah. where they're like, "Hey, Comedy Central, Chloe, she just dropped off breakfast. Are you not staying?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was Comedy Central, Chloe, with that door slam. Did you hear that door slam? Did that yeah, get picked up on the audio? Soundscaping you won't hear anywhere else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're saying? I was saying like with writing packets. Yeah, with writing packets. Like I just feel like. Not that I can't. I don't want to write for that. I don't care about. Well, you know where your skills are. Like you're. Yeah. You're, well, I don't know <laughs> yeah. about that. I just have no. The only reason I ever got into comedy. Yeah. Was to write comedy about my life and yeah. my. It was like therapy for me. So for me, like I don't have an interest in observing the world and talking about politics or. You know, even like some of, even like this week at the Comedy Cellar, I love doing the show because I, you know, Comedy Central is like La Familia. So I try, what I try to do is for the topics at Live at the Comedy Cellar is say, okay, th- they want to talk about Donald Trump's protests in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the people in Puerto Rico who are protesting <laughs> that Trump they went to Puerto Rico to protest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> want the governor out and all that. Yeah. It's like, I have no comedy about that. It's not what I, what I would talk about mm-hmm. is, my Puerto Rican, you know, child or my mm-hmm. kid's mom who's mm-hmm. Puerto Rican or mm-hmm. any of that stuff mm-hmm. and come from that point of view with it as opposed to like writing a fresh joke about a topic that I just don't really care to write jokes about. Right. You know what I mean? I get that. So you I like doing that though. You I like, like the I opposite. Like, I mean I like both. I like doing jokes about myself, right. but I like the challenge of having to write for yeah. someone else's voice and also like learning about I like first and first mostly. I like I like to dig into things. I like to yeah. go in deep on like stuff that I feel like a lot of my Twitter is just like deep dives into celebrity bullshit. Right. And I've done writing for like new stuff online, mm-hmm. not new stuff, but like I'm a writer, but I can't think of a single <laughs> word. <laughs> I like learning about something and trying to get inside and figure out what's funny about that thing, what is weird about that yeah. thing, what makes that a news source. I find that satisfying. It's obviously difficult. It's easier to sit down for me, I think, and just to write. Eh, sometimes it's harder though. Yeah. See, it's like a prompt. I almost. think it's like yeah. I think I think I think that's the thing. I think like why people do comedy is so different for each person. Yeah. Like for me. Really, in reality, if if I I love stand up, mm-hmm. I love doing it, but it's like I would rather, mm-hmm. 
you know, have gotten one of my TV shows about my life on the air. None of them gotten on the air. I mean, I'll keep trying, but like get one of those on the air and be in a writing room, like telling stories about my family yeah. and my life yeah. and trying to make that as relatable to the people as yeah. possible and like help them uh, through their day by like relating to my comedy and my life as yeah. opposed to, you know, having to go to all these cities to do stand up at these comedy clubs that are in fucking strip malls. I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know, in the back of a Costco, in the back of a Costco. Right, so right, it's right. like there's like this huge, not funny part about doing stand up comedy that I don't know. Everybody knows going on the road and stuff like, like that. going on the road is like yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really, really difficult. Yeah. Like especially like now, I, you know, I have a four year old daughter. It's like I was I went to Vegas last week and the shows are great. Shout out Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. Great Shout comedy club. Jimmy great staff. Thanks for the people for coming out. Truly. But like when I was packing in New York, like I genuinely had like tears in my eyes. Like I was like, I do not want to leave again. Like I've mm -hmm. been on the road since like April. And, you know, people are like, oh, Vegas must be having a good time. It's like I'm I'm having a good time. But it's only because I'm putting myself in a place where I have to say, Chris, you need to enjoy this. This is your career. This is right. what's paying for your daughter's bills. People were hitting me up like, oh, yeah, what guy's not having a good time in Vegas? It was like I'd, I 1,000%, 1,000% if I could press a button would leave Vegas and just be home in my love sack watching Wreck-It Ralph with my daughter. If I could just press <laughs> a button and do that, I would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't. I want to talk about this more. But let's play these next two clips uh, from Kristen Schaal and Matt Koff, two other Daily Show writers, and then I want to keep talking about this touring thing. All right. All right, let's play it. Right. New York City, huh, guys? I love it. I love this city. I think if you live in this city of dreams, it is impossible to have a bad day here. I really think that. I do. Even if, let's just say that something goes awry in your day and you're like riding your bike or something and then someone hits you with their car <laughs> or whatever, you know? At least you can lay out and enjoy those bright lights while you wait for the ambulance. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right, New York City? Am I? Am I? Am I right? Am I right, sir? Because I hit a guy on his bike today. And I, I just kept driving. <sighs> I was just too excited about this show. Um, I've been looking forward to it. I've been going through my roster of funny facial expressions. It's like, <gasps> I have four but I've been drilling them. And I wanted to make sure that my act was family friendly for tonight, but I don't have babies. So I thought that maybe I could pretend that I had babies and that way I could appeal to the people in the audience who have babies and to the people who like to pretend they have babies. Huh? So let's give it a go. So I've got this baby. <laughs> is just begging me for attention all the time. Can I get a witness? <laughs> so lazy, it can't even walk. Gotta get stuff for it. And ugh, it is just so difficult. And I'm, I'm trying to date. And you think it would be easy for a MILF. Um, 
but it isn't. And finally, I do get a guy to come home with me, and I don't want to go blue, okay? But I will say that we were going around several bases, <laughs> okay? We would start at first, and then he was like, I, I want to skip over to third. And I was like, oh, but what happens on second? I still don't know. I don't know. But we were going first, second, and then we went right back to first, and, and then we hung out in the dugout, and, and then I look up, and the whole time, this baby is staring at us. It's like, take a picture, baby. It'll last longer. And how did you get out of your baby cage? Or whatever. You keep them in. Ugh. Now, my baby was born a twin set, so I had to eat the other one. Naturally. Now, that joke is special because that is specifically for any panda bears that are in the audience tonight. <laughs> yeah. You're cute, but you're an animal. So, um, I also uh, prepared some character work for tonight because I just want to show everyone how versatile I can be as an actress. So. I hope that you enjoy this character. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Don't walk away. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, ooh, what is that? Is that a ghost or a donkey or a sandwich or what? <laughs> Because it certainly couldn't be a sexy librarian. <laughs> Could it? Well, they don't exist, do they? Well, guess what they do? And I'm right here, and I want to help you find your book. Ooh, where's your book? I want to find it. I want to find that book. I want to find the book. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Guys, I have some really big news. As of today, I am officially in a relationship. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, I don't know if any of you do comedy, but we comedians have this fear that if we find somebody who makes us happy, maybe we'll stop being funny. Uh, so I'm gonna test that theory out right now. I wrote some jokes backstage. I wanna see if they work. Uh, so bear with me. Uh, ever notice how each day is better than the last? What's that all about? But seriously, folks, you don't wanna be around me in the morning. That is, unless you like pancakes. This homeless guy came up to me on the train and asked me for change. I was like, no way but how does a dollar sound? <laughs> I just flew from LA and boy are my arms tired from hugging my new girlfriend. <laughs> this guy knows what I'm talking about. I was at the DMV the other day and the line was so long. Oh. Who gives a crap? I had sex three times last night. Up top.
so that was a bit. I actually don't have a girlfriend. But uh, now for my regular set. Ever notice how you could just vanish and nobody would care? What's that all about? But seriously, folks, you don't want to be around me in the morning. I masturbate constantly. This homeless guy came up to me on the train and asked me for change. I was like, no way. All right, fine, but will you hang out with me? All my friends are married. I just flew from LA, and boy are my arms tired from masturbating constantly. This guy knows what I'm talking about. I was at the DMV the other day, and the line was so long, I'm lonely. I would say the worst part about breaking up is when you catch yourself using little phrases that your ex used to use. Like I was in Office Max the other day and I said to the cashier, I don't love you anymore. That was really embarrassing. I invented a sexual position. It's called the Sturdy Sanchez. It's where you base a long-lasting marriage on a foundation of love and respect for the other person, and then you rub shit on their face. You gotta try it. Guys, it's 2013. We can put a man on the moon, so why can't we put one on my lonely gay uncle? Serious question. So uh, my last job, I was a, a question writer for the newlywed game on the Game Show Network. And they're like, Matt, we like your questions, but they're a little dark. Uh, so I actually brought a couple of rejected ones. You guys can tell me what you think. I think they're fun. Uh, well, who knows? Um, your husband's body washes up on the shore, dead. What's the number one thing you'll miss most about it? Uh, here's one. Your husband's body washes up on the shore, dead. What one hors d'oeuvre would he want served at his funeral? That's like a food question. Uh, here's one. Your husband's body washes up on the shore, dead. What kind of God would allow this to happen? It's like a philosophy question. Uh, this one's a little bit different. You and your husband are out for a walk along the shore. A dead body washes up. It's him. You say, oh no, I've been having sex with my husband's ghost this whole time. Ah! Well, that's more of a short story idea than a question. That was Kristen Schaal and Matt Koff, two cuties. Couple of cuties. Daily Show writers, the yes. theme of today. The big theme of today. Big theme of today. Yeah. Um, we are now joined by Comedy Central Chloe as well, who's now oh, Comedy the Central. building. Very exciting. Very exciting. And before we went to the break, you wanted to talk, I want to talk more about touring because you yes. said you've been struggling more with touring recently. Yes. Or it's just wearing down on you. Well, and it's I think like, that's in, I think people want to hear that. Fine. The people want to know. Well, it's this strong. Here's the thing. Talk about your slow decline. Yeah, my slow decline. No, it's it's it's. <laughs> I think I think the road. I think what I said before is like a lot of people think like comedy is like all fun and games, and it is. But mm -hmm. number one, there's pressure now. The mm -hmm. pressure builds because it's like you know people are. I'm not selling out theaters, but like people are coming, paying money to come see my comedy now on right, the road. Right. So there's an obligation to give them a good show because yeah. there wasn't as much. 
when I wasn't selling that many tickets because it's like these people all got barked in. They didn't know who I was. So I kind of felt like I could like coast. Yeah. But it's like now also I also felt like I could do the same material when I wasn't selling tickets because like, oh, nobody knows who I am anyway. But now people have now seen you've my like special. A name. You've got like a brand yeah. to protect. It's not like crazy yet. It's not like, you know, but I'm not like it's humongous. Yeah. But it's it's certainly like every club I go to now. You know, I get up like bonus money, and I get you know people like, oh, it's it's full out there, it's full, right. and and there's a line to meet me after. So that's all yeah. very, 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 very positive. I'm do, very thankful. Do you do meet and greets and stuff after? Yeah, I yeah. go out and, and say hello to people like if they want to say hello. Hang out uh, among the commoners. Yeah, but there's an obligation. Like I have to do new material. You know, I have yeah. to because I sometimes feel like musicians have a lot of pressure. Like yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we were comparing that too because the touring schedule for musician is interesting. Because they do it after an album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also the function. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, please. Comedy Central Chloe. Nicole, off Chloe. Nicole and I have both last week. Cut off Chloe. Oh, she's got a cute little overall thing on. I do. I called I like Nicole it. last week. I'm like, I feel like I was rude to you. She goes, I feel like I was rude to you. Uh -huh. And that's just what being a woman and is. Both <laughs> you were rude, and both of you were rude to me, and I didn't get a call. Yeah, we don't <laughs> <laughs> um, But what I was going to say about, <laughs> yeah. about the touring thing, which I think is so interesting, is that because of the way sort of the music industry has changed and albums are no longer the real. Um, like source of income for, yeah. okay. for musicians or comedians. Yeah. It used to be that you would put out an album and yeah. then the tour was an advertisement for the album. Yeah. Now the album is an advertisement for the tour. Right. Right. Wait, can I bring up something so interesting? Whereas yes. Lil Nas X just broke the record for most weeks at number one on the hot. 100 so he's at 17 weeks and he broke the record that was held by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. But the Whoa. funny thing about that is that obviously the hot 100, the billboard charts are now determined by streams as well as album sales but like mariah carey was at number one for 16 weeks by just people going to a store and yeah. like buying that the, yes. the cd you're like looking yes. over and yeah. over and over again oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah and yeah. i think it's so interesting it. oh yeah me too that like yeah. that used to be the measure of like just people buying it and now it's just like okay the same people just streaming it over and over and over again. Do it's you know, so crazy. So they make they must make so much less money then, they right do. now, musicians. Yeah. Do you know if it was Heartbreaker or Honey? It was the one with Boys to Men. Um, oh, it was a song they did together. Yeah. Oh. What song it's, is that? Um, I forget. It's the one I, I'm that was sure like I know about, it right away. Um, AIDS. What? One Sweet Day. Oh, One Sweet Day. Yeah, yeah. Yes, One Sweet Day. Yes. Did you say it was the one about AIDS? Isn't it about that? Like the cri like the crisis. <laughs> Is that about AIDS? That song? Just like that's the hilarious. Epidemic. If it's like, not, not I really hope it's not. And you think it was? I really was. hope it is. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing of all time. If you thought that whole song was always about AIDS and it never was about AIDS. I just think every song is about AIDS. That would be great for you to interview Mariah Carey. And it's not about AIDS, but you still are like so. She would like. I would. It die. was really. She'd like end my you life. You know, it's about AIDS, and she's like, "What is this girl fucking talking about?" <laughs> I don't know her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she would say that to me. Also, musicians, when they go on the road, the crowd wants to see the, the, their best song. So, like, yeah. they're, imagine, like, as a comedian, yeah. you're just doing your closers yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. And it's like you will fucking annihilate. People lose their minds. As yeah. a comedian, you come to see me. Yeah. There's people that come to see me on a Thursday night show and then the Saturday night show. And, there have and, been they, and they expect new stuff? It's ridiculous, but <laughs> they still expect it. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, some people, Brian Regan, Kenny, he's got like 10 fucking hours. Gaffigan, I'm sure, could. Sure. But it's like even those guys will be working on something for a while. Yeah. So there's this other pressure where it's like, oh, now these people have seen some of my stuff. Some mm -hmm. have, some haven't. Mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, turn over new material. And then there's holes in that, mm -hmm. of course, yeah. where it's like, also, 
not comedy. In I think comedy is exploding, but the comedy club, like that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday strip mall thing, more and more, we don't. We can make a lot of money now elsewhere. We can mm. do one night. I'd rather, I'd so much rather do one nighters in cities that are close to each other than stay in one place from a Thursday to For Sunday. Like weekend. I would have loved to do, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club is great, but I'm just using Vegas as an example. Like if I did a one nighter at Jimmy Kimmel's on Thursday uh -huh. and then I did Phoenix and then I did LA and then I did whatever, uh -huh. it's a lot more traveling for me, but mm -hmm. for the show, the I would much rather do that because there would be no check spots if I did the one-nighters at places that aren't comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. If I did mini theaters or or big bars, I get a door deal. So it's like I'm taking a risk on myself, door but I'd deal. rather risk. I, at, I'm at the point now where I'd rather gamble on myself and my comedy than get some guarantee from the comedy club knowing it's probably not going to be a great show. You should do the one-night stand tour. Yeah. Just one one night, different cities. One night, different cities. You can use that. Feel free. Thank you. The one night stand. Um, comedians HPD do do store. that. Like a lot of yeah. um, different touring agents will route comedians now through like rock and roll venues, essentially. Yes. And that'll be one night in every city. So you'll be like Cleveland, and then the next night you're in Columbus, and then the next night you're in Philly. Or but whatever. do they call it the one night stand tour? They don't, but we okay. will. Okay. But see that, Let's and take again, the pod on tour. There's a lot of business. That I understand the business part of this a lot clearer than I ever did, you know, over like the last year. That's. The agent, it's a lot easier, mm -hmm. if I'm just being candid, it's a lot easier for our, our agents to just send an email to a club they already have a relationship with, get a weekend booked, book 10 of their clients, so they're getting 10% of all of, of you know, all the clients that yeah. are going to be doing fucking yeah. hilarities in Cleveland, yeah. as opposed to reaching out into individual places. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, and that's... The so it's like, it's more on me as the artist to push them to do that. I think that... In any industry, there's like a boilerplate, you know, sort of the basic cookie cutter agreement. Right. It's always easier to do that, especially in bulk. And like, that's a good way to do that. Yeah, buying business. in bulk, it's easier. I think that um, there sure. are certain um, touring agents that have made a reputation for themselves for routing through those rock and roll clubs. And like, there are mm. ways, I don't know, it's cool. Yeah. Mm. A changing of the tides. Yeah, very changing of the tides. And then if a situation happens where like my career takes a downturn and I need the road, then viscerally I'll be like, get me back on the road. But right now I'm like, why am I sitting in the city? I can work on my hour and work on my comedy at home in New York and like, you know, like I said, just fucking yeah, then yeah. at night, just like watch Wreck-It Ralph with my kid Love. as opposed to, you know, being in some city and fucking sticking Arby's up my ass. This is for- uh, That's not how you read it. Actually, with Arby's, <laughs> that is how you read it. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap up soonish, but Why? I also want to know if you had a- money coming in like every week like a comfortable amount of money okay and you didn't have to worry about funds what would be like your ideal week like what would you do Ooh. great cue what would you do to like and chloe same question for you as well and i will also answer but like, like how would you want to spend your time and like feel like creatively satisfied or like feel like you're working towards something would you at all or would you just like hang out okay my perfect day if i had money every two weeks chris's perfect day every week Wake up mm -hmm. at 7.30 a.m. You're already doing it wrong. Okay, yeah. so. What the fuck, Mike? Well, no, no, well, no, here's why. Because <laughs> So my perfect day, like fulfilled day. Yeah, Wake yeah, up yeah, yeah. early, yeah. 7.30 a.m., uh -huh. box. Okay. Like right away, right out of the gate, like go to boxing because okay. I just love yeah. that feeling. 
take my daughter to school. Okay. Have a little walk to school, and we do our fucking dumb, cute shit. Like, That's go to horrible. Dunkin' Donuts, she gets a little egg sandwich, takes one bite, then I eat the rest. <laughs> like, you know, like all the, all that stuff. Do our little cute, go to school shit. Uh-huh. Get on the ferry in Bay Ridge that takes you to downtown Manhattan. Okay. Okay. Go on a Revolutionary War walking tour. I swear to God, this is all true. This is like a perfect day. Go on a Revolutionary War walking tour around colonial New York City. Okay. It's insane how much colonial history there is down there. Um, get a slice of pizza and eat it on these benches by the South Street Seaport that I used to, my dad used to take me down there. Do that. This is like going to make me cry. <laughs> He's still alive, I think. No, I know. Um, this is just very touching day. <laughs> He's just He's doing that with big. different little boys now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, um, take the ferry back uh-huh. to Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Go, yeah, go. There's a lot of travel. Yeah, your perfect this, day. You're com- there's a lot of commuting. Like if it's my perfect day, like maybe we introduce a helicopter at some point or something. Take take the ferry back to Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Okay. No, but I like the ferry. Yeah. Take the ferry back to Brooklyn. Pick my daughter up from school. Okay. Go to the park with her for like two hours. Push her on the swing like whatever she wants. So now it's like five thirty. Drop off by her mom's. Mm-hmm. She's got like shit to do, homework, and if it's not a day that she's going to be with me, drop off by her mom's. Go home. Giannis Pappas, my friend who lives like two blocks away, him him come to come over, mm-hmm. us to watch something stupid and mm-hmm. write um, like a little web series about it, mm-hmm. like or a little web series idea about it, have a glass of wine by like 8.30 and go to sleep by 9. That'd be a perfect day. But, wow. but you, <laughs> the question was what you would do every single day. like. I would do that genuinely every single day. <laughs> okay. I genuinely could. And I would just switch out tours. So you wouldn't do stand-up comedy at all? Not at all. That's great. Uh, the, the, I mean, that's not great. But stand-up comedy. We were talking about this before. <laughs> before you, before you came in, my, I, if in a perfect world, uh-huh. I, when Nicole and I were talking about it, because she's, I'm saying how like, you know, her doing a writing packet, like it's just something I don't think I could do or that I want to do, and I really admire mm-hmm. people that can do it, and like I hope she gets it. But me, I just want to talk about my family. Like all I do is take chances at writing TV shows about my family, and it's like cathartic for me and like therapeutic for me. So. If I could like get my cartoon mm-hmm. on the air mm-hmm. here at Comedy Central, like I would much rather do. I would not do stand up. Mm-hmm. I would only do stand up to maybe test the love that I have for stand up is not as deep as the love that I have for like wanting to have like a show about my life on the air. Stand up, I go and I do it. You don't think you'd miss it though? I think I'm just becoming not sick of it. I'm not sick of it. I love it, but it's just like. I, I think the road is like really killing me. If I had money coming in and Please. no obligation yeah. to work, I would Let's watch go. Gilmore Girls all day long. All day. Yeah, I for think me. I could do nothing for a long time. I do too. Yeah. I think I'd have no problem with that. Well, that's the thing. I kind of, because I have a deal with Comedy Central, I'm, I kind of am having money come in every two weeks. <laughs> so I kind of have this thing and, ah. and I'm not doing the perfect day. I'm not, I'm putting too much I'm doing too many things. Yeah, right? I have to say it was pretty devastating when your perfect day did not include a recording of Stand Up with Chris Stefano. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, well, I thought because we were recording Stand Up with Chris Stefano, that was like <laughs> implied. Implied that, like, yeah. Because yeah. we record that on the Revolutionary War tour. You know as what? Everyone knows. So that was kind yeah. of implied there. That that's if only there were. was a podcast that could combine comedy and history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I and Giannis Pappas. And Giannis Pappas. History hyenas. I um, I I probably on the way back from the Colonial America walking tour, I would come stop by and do this podcast. Well, let's play more stand-up. <laughs> you want to play and more stand-up? Have Chris refined his love of it in this White Senate clip. So I, hope I it's love a, White Senate. Hope, it, hope it's too. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Nicole, right. yeah. are you, do you feel comfortable with your writing packet? 
I think it's in a good place. I'll read it if you want me to. Oh, real. We were saying when you got. Do you ever read writing packets? Yeah, constantly. Literally my job. Okay, <laughs> you can. Okay, literally your job. Do you black out the names and you don't know who it is? Man, woman, it depends, diverse. You, I prefer that usually. See that we were talking. We were talking Very about the debate of it. Interesting. You prefer it. You prefer to it, know who they are, or not know who they are. Um, it's interesting how it changes when you don't know who they are. Yeah, we were saying that like sometimes you have to seek out diversity. So sometimes like the name or the gender like is important. You know, like I, maybe like in wave two of searching. I right. will say recently for an unnamed Comedy Central project, we were reading reading packet submissions and the packets that got chosen by the people who were in charge happened to be like 80% women. Really? With a blind submission. And so they declined them all and said, let's do this again exactly. with so the names. Said, we're never doing blind submissions. By the way, <laughs> real quick, system. real quick, yeah. I have realized like the last six projects that I've had, yeah. granted they haven't gotten picked up, but I've all I've been proud of them all. Yeah. They've all been run by women. I'm only going, every time I do a show mm-hmm. where the showrunner's a guy, it's just, you have to deal with like that male ego yeah. bullshit. Every time I do a show where the showrunner is a woman, things just get done, the deadlines are met, mm-hmm. and everybody's happy. Whether mm-hmm. it gets picked up or not, that's not up to us. But it's like, I'm just, I like a woman in charge. Is that weird? Does that mean I'm a cock? No. Okay. No. Cool. That means you're a feminist, Chris. Does, yeah, but does that mean like I'm one of those guys that's like, you know. Like a beta male? Like a beta bitch. Because I really genuinely soy like boy, like women in charge. Does that like mommy issue shit? Or what no, is that? No, I just think you like have think... the right opinion about that. <laughs> I do think women leaders are more efficient. I just think they are. I mean, I just, it, the, the deadlines are just met. Everything is done. Like you said, you couldn't, we couldn't start this podcast for another half an hour because you had a deadline to meet. If you were a guy, you would just be like, oh, I'll do the, let's just start I'm now. And then you wouldn't have met the deadline. I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, I need to start you. acting more like a woman, but looking like a man. Tuck it back. That's literally, literally you just described me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be Nicole. <laughs> you said that you have sex with women and fall in love with men. Yes, so that's that another true thing. that directly contradicts what you just said. I am, I'm not saying, mm, True. listen, when you're <laughs> around me, you're in what's known as the gray zone. It's the gray zone. I don't, I can't tell you. There's so many things that are like, it's not black and white with me. It's just, there's. I got my foot in both worlds. I can't explain it. I d- that's true, too. Your opinions are fluid. They're very fluid. That's beautiful. It's very fluid. All right. All right. We got to go. Bye. Okay, bye. Um, over the summer, I took a flight, and I got to board early because I was traveling with small children, Sasha and Malia here. <laughs> go to sleep, girls. Go to sleep. I fly a lot and I travel a lot by myself because I'm an adult. (laughs) But I've always had this dream that I'd fly one time and sit next to a really beautiful woman and we'd hit it off and I don't know, like get married as the plane lands. (laughs) Or at the very least, just play words with friends, make a blanket fort and then do it. (laughs) But not in the bathroom, in our seats. And the air marshal's cool with it because he realizes what we have is special. (laughs) On this particular flight, the actress Maggie Gyllenhaal boarded and started making her way towards me. And if this was a movie about an interracial couple that falls in love while crossing a continental divide and a cultural divide, (laughs) Maggie Gyllenhaal would star in that movie. Because let's face it, that's an independent movie. 
Angelina Jolie is not gonna be in frequent flyer smiles. It's not a movie, so Maggie Gyllenhaal doesn't wind up sitting next to me, but instead sits directly in front of me, which I did think about tapping her on the shoulder and being like, hey, Maggie Gyllenhaal, you don't know me, but maybe you'd like to sit next to me. <laughs> we could talk about Batman. And what else? Batman. Ooh, and that Naked Secretary movie you did. Was that you or was that a body double? Question, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Do you honor your marriage vows above 20,000 feet or will you be my sky girlfriend? She was not my sky girlfriend. Instead, my sky girlfriend was a crusty 50-something year old dude who was reading a Sarah Palin book. I don't remember his name, so I'll call him Haas because that's what he kept calling me. He sits down next to me and I had a Rolling Stone magazine and it was in the front seat pocket and he's staring at it, just staring at it really hard. So I offer it to him and he turns me down and he calls it left-wing propaganda. <laughs> Which, no, he's got a point. Some of those album reviews are really in the tank for Obama. <laughs> Four stars for Drake's album? That is straight out of the Saul Alinsky playbook. <laughs> Whatever that is. Now here's the thing, I don't wanna get into a political conversation with this man, cause we have to sit next to each other for the next four and a half to five hours. Which to me, that means we're airplane seat buddies. And that's a partnership. There's trust there. That's about as close to cop partners as I'm ever gonna get. <laughs> Seriously, cause just like cop partners, you have to look out for each other. Like if my airplane seat buddy goes to the bathroom when the flight attendant comes by with pretzels, I'll grab an extra bag of pretzels for my airplane seat buddy. Same rules apply. If I'm finishing a text and I know that the turn off all electronics light is on, I expect my airplane seat buddy to be a lookout for me. Like, don't be a snitch, be a lookout. You know, if one of us rips a nasty ass fart, we both blame it on Maggie Gyllenhaal. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.